2: Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. That means it's the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, but I'm not the one that you tune in on Thursdays to hear. So let's get to the main event. Paula is live in studio with me. We'd love your participation. If you have any questions or you need any encouragement, you can call us at 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, the way to stay the safest is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me today.
3: You know it. It's my pleasure. You know, you said uh, you were talking about marriages the other day and this is not where I was going to go, but I just thought of this. And so, you know, You're not always supposed to just say what you think.
2: Most Christians say the Lord laid this on my heart.
3: (laughs) Well, you know me. You Mm -hmm. just thought about it. I just thought about it. But anyway, you've been having us uh, talking about marriage in the church. You were saying, pray that the Lord would renew the passion, you know. And so, Pastor Ron, I've really enjoyed being with you today. Mm -hmm. So... Thank you very much for that prayer. Thank you, Lord, for hearing that prayer. And I'm just asking you to continue doing that. Because, you know, when I first met you, cute, you know, short, cute. You weren't what I was looking for. Can but you know,
2: Be careful. Don't get started. You've only got an hour. And I was so <laughs> cute. It could take more than an hour.
3: You were cute. Yeah, with those little blue jeans and that gold T-shirt with the little thin white stripes on it. Yeah, you you were cute. And those... When I saw your eyes, or when your eyes met my eyes, it was like, oh, dear.
2: <sighs> it's <stuck>. over.
3: <laughs> 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 but anyway, yeah. So it's been a, it's a pleasure. Yesterday, the 20th, I know it was another kind of day. We might talk about that just an eensy, teensy bit. But yesterday was the 20th. You know, the 20th of the, of the month is a big day. So yesterday <laughs> was 50 years and 10 months. From the day I met you, it's almost fifty-one years, faster Rush. Phew! I know, I've been with you way more than half my life.
2: What do you tell people? People say, "Well, well, you guys do marriage conferences. How do they say, look all you got to do is be old, be old, That's and stay married to the same person.'
3: <laughs> That's it. You know, you just persevere, endure. You know, and yeah, it's been fun for the most part,
2: <laughs> <laughs> except for, except for those first. Twenty years, well, or so on.
3: You know, the first four were kind of fun. You know, because of course that was the lustful part, and then we get to know each other, and then
2: and we had two babies. And life was,
3: happens, yeah, and you have two kids, and we're poor. We, you know, then we got rich, and then we're poor again, and so it's been it's been an adventure.
2: You know, Paula, when when you say we were poor,
3: we were um, poor.
2: We lived we <laughs> lived in an apartment in. North Hollywood, like California. Reseda or something like that. No, North Hollywood. Just just on the on the edge. Okay. Yeah. And um uh we had carpeting, but there was dirt <laughs> under the carpeting. Yeah, yeah. And we had a dog that tore that up. And so it was like we were living in on dirt.
3: Yeah, we were living on dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He went through the wherever or it was just an old apartment anyway. So when we moved in it was already it was what we could afford. <laughs> and um yeah, the carpeting—you couldn't even clean it anymore because if you put water on it, it would be mud. <laughs> so yeah, well yeah, but it was a—it was a good time. It was.
2: Somebody should make a movie of our <laughs> life, huh?
3: You know it. Uh, yeah, don't get me started. Write the book, okay? <laughs> so anyway, I was writing my little scribbly notes for anybody new. This is Thursday date day, and so um, Pastor Ron and God evidently said she's going to be on here, and it's supposed to be her show. So I write these little scribbly notes in the night when the Lord gives me ideas. So this is my first my first scribbly note. And praise the Lord, I can read my own writing. Uh, for such a time as this, and so that's Esther, you know, for 14. And I'm reading the book of Esther because when the ladies and I are done with the book of James, we're going to go to... Esther. And so in 4.14 you know the last part of that verse says who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. And I'm no
2: queen. And this is Mordecai talking. And this her.
3: is Mordecai talking. Yeah. And he, you know the, all the stuff that he has sent to Esther via Hath- Hathat or Hathach um, about the, the doom and gloom that's coming that Haman is put on the Jewish people there. And so, you know, I'm thinking, man, for such a time as this. And and this kind of was spurred on, I think, from your caller yesterday who said, okay, now that um, our world is going down, you know, what are Christians supposed to do now that we get this new um, leading leadership crew that comes in?
2: Yeah, You know, Paul, evidently that's on a lot of people's hearts. I just got another question today. About the hopelessness, we'll I'll deal with it tomorrow. But but hopelessness is is something people are really dealing with, and it demonstrates that their hope was in the wrong place. Whoa,
3: hopeless! No, yeah. oh, this is well anyway for such for just such a time as this, and so um, the the courage and the hope that we have because the Lord, you know what, via Mordecai says. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this? Christians, we were made for just such a time as this. This is this is our time. We don't need to be hopeless. The Lord, if we read His word, we win in the end. But we got some work to do in the interim. And remember, uh, I think when all this stuff started, I don't know how many maybe six weeks ago, when I said, encouragers unite. Mm -hmm. Remember that? We encouragers, and evidently, I get to get a microphone in my face, um, to say, hopelessness. No, 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 no. We have a lot of hope. God is still on the throne. He knew, and he knows, our everyday, not just the last candidate. He knows about this person and all the people that are going to be in office, and we're here, Christians who love Jesus, we're here for such a time as this. We get to say, yeah, it might be kind of bad, but let me show you right here in, like, First Timothy, where it says, in the end, things are going to be like this. But, um, First Timothy 2? No, Second Timothy. Second Timothy, okay. Um, that's why you're the pastor, Ron. <laughs> and so I can just call you up and ask you, where is it? Even though I know it's in a Timothy, but, yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So anyway, getting back to my point, um, we have a job to do, and it's to keep our heads up high. I'm not hopeless. I'm more excited than ever because Jesus must be ready to get up any minute now. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
2: You know, Paul, Jesus told his disciples the, the, in Samaria the, the fields are ripe with harvest. Uh, the Samaritan woman, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews, and, and she went and told everybody, come and meet a man who's told me everything I've ever done. And they, the whole the whole town came out. And running, it would have been a very big visual, you know, because they, their heads bobbing up and down, they would be wearing turbans, and he would say from a distance, look at them, look, they're coming. It's, it's like the field of wheat being blown by the wind that's ready for harvest. And uh, um, I think Jesus would say the same thing to us today. Mm-hmm. This is the time mm-hmm. uh, today. In his second day as president, uh, Biden has already turned his cannons, guns on on Israel, and uh, upbraided them. I mean, it, 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 we're we're in this place. Um, Acts chapter 17 says that we're in the place that we are, uh, at the time we are. It's not a coincidence. It's not an accident. And ostensibly, especially we in the West who've been free to proclaim Christ uh, forever, um, we're in this place to tell people to get ready because Jesus is coming. And we're going to see every day a turn to more and more immorality. We're going to see every day um, um, things done that are so anti God. And then as it relates to the end times, anti Israel. And we're going to completely abandon Israel. And 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 God's done with the United States when that happens. Uh, I, I I feel very strong in my convictions that that that's the only reason the United States has prospered as we have prospered from the very beginning. How we became the most powerful empire in the in the history of the world in such a short time—two hundred forty or fifty years, whatever it is—that's um, um, unheard of in in world history, mm-hmm. and yet um god ascended the united states to the place we are to be there for israel and now we've turned our backs on israel completely yeah and it's going to be christians we're here right now because people need to get saved that's the last order of business there's no list of to do things that involves politics or nationalism or 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 patriotism or anything else Everything on that list of to-dos is a name of somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ that we're to go out and declare the gospel to.
3: Yeah, yeah. it's not nations, it's individuals. And so, though United States isn't in the last days, Christians are. And here we are. If, if this is truly the last days or the last moments of the last days, um, I need to be busy, a lot busier than than I have been. And you said last night... <clears throat> about um, getting with God alone, you know, and, well, last week you said pray and repent because we had gone off, and even this hopelessness, maybe some of the people that have gone off, and so, you know, before I come over here, and then when we pray, it's like, Lord, help us to be those who can bring some encouragement to those who maybe are in their house, under their covers, discouraged, afraid to go outside because you know of of just everything um we got work to do we've got work to do and there's individuals individuals so we've been praying for the lost the hurting the hungry the broken the needy the confused the fearful and the strong christian Uh, you know as we get closer to his time coming um we should be more excited not more afraid we're excited, not we're afraid. Yeah.
2: We, we can be irritated. <laughs> and and the world that we live in is, is irritating. It really is. Yes. But we need to understand that for such a time as this, mm-hmm. uh, we have an opportunity that's never been seen before. Yeah. And all we have to do is be instruments that God can use. Uh, imagine if the first century followers of Jesus, uh, imagine if they wouldn't have... Because they were afraid, because the world was irritating and, and, and far more dangerous then. Mm. Uh, imagine if they said, Well, you know, I'm just not sure we should go out and do this. And, and yet they didn't do that. They, they risked their lives. All but one died the death of a martyr. Mm. Um, uh, imagine um, if they'd said no, where we would be. And some 2,000 years later, we simply cannot say no. This is what we're called to do. And this is, you know, people always want to, well, what's God's will for my life? This is it right now yeah. in these times. Yeah. And it's not just America, it's the world. Yeah. When you combine the pandemic that we've been dealing with, when you combine the, 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 the absolute free fall into immorality that is consuming the entire world, mm-hmm. the entire world, uh, you see the absurdity of things. Uh, I mentioned on the program yesterday that we have our, our very first cabinet member who is a trans woman, which means that he's a man mm-hmm. and and aren't we proud? And this is the kind of thing that Paul talked about in Second Timothy chapter three. And all we have to do is look around and Jesus will say, I'm looking for people like I was looking for Esther to take a stand. Yeah. And we gotta be that person. Yeah. And what you were saying last night too is we pray.
3: Oh yeah, we Christians we pray. But then we forget so quickly who were praying, to. You know, we forget, like Jacob did last night, the, the Mahanaim, the two camps. It was him and his people, but it was a camp of angels who were there to escort him to the finish line, basically. And so, you know, but then he hears that, that his brother Esau is coming with 400 men. 400 men, oh, man, no, no, no. 400 men, you mean a pandemic? 400 men, you mean a new uh, president? Oh my gosh! What are we gonna do? We're going to look up, and we're going to trust God that He knows, and He's still in, that that they turn their guns on Israel. That you do they forget about well, this? N-
2: not not literal guns, but Mm-mm. I mean just just policy guns. And mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. he, he's made it clear that, that he's going to continue the policy of the Obama administration mm-hmm. where they were anti-Israel mm-hmm. to the core, mm-hmm. and they've already taken those shots across the bow, figuratively speaking. Figuratively so, speaking glad, I'm th- glad you mentioned thank that.
3: Thank you. Because God is still on Israel's side. The United States may not be in the end times, but Israel definitely will be. So, okay, so there more animosity towards Israel it means Jesus is getting ready to stand up for sure, you know, to me. Anyway, so I'm not a brave person, but I do know who is able. And so I want to really encourage us to unite. Look, we know we're going to win in the end. And I don't know what it's going to be like till we get to that end.
2: And, and so did the first century Christians. They wrote the book of Revelation. But it doesn't mean that they're going to be there. It doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. And Paula, one of the things that I think we've really got to get used to in the United States is that comfortable Christianity is over. Yeah,
3: yeah. and I love comfortable Christianity. I'm not going to lie. I love comfortable Christianity. I want to be able to get in my car, go where I want to go. I want to be able to have plenty of money to have gas, not have to walk where I want to go. I want to have... Hot water and cold water. I want to have food you in want my to refrigerator. See people and
2: hug them and love I, them. Yep, and I tell them s- about Jesus. That's exactly <laughs> right.
3: And I want everybody to sing kumbaya. We all get along. But that's just not how it is. And so, you know, me, I've been afraid of the boogeyman forever. You know, walking down the street and the alligators on the left and the right. But I want to still hold on to Jesus and say, look, you put me on this path. And you said you will never leave me or forsake me. So don't let me forget that you're right there.
2: Yeah, I got an idea. 340-9585. We love your live calls and questions or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, I probably just thought of this, but I think the Lord really puts this on fire. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think based on what you said, I think it's a good time for you to share the the vision you Again? had of uh, the, the you in the wilderness being afraid. Yep. Because I think we all got to learn how to deal with being afraid. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I'm afraid a lot.
2: And this was a long time ago.
3: This was a long time ago, and I still have this. Uh, you know, the picture. Anyway, you know, I'm walking in the desert with this dark-haired man, and um, I was like, "Excuse me, pardon me, but do you know we're in the desert, and I have sandals on?" And he says, "Yes." And there's snakes everywhere, and um, he says, "Yes." Have you been bitten? Uh, No. He goes, Let's keep walking. I've got you, basically. And so um, that's kind of how I'm living my life. Scared pretty much all the time. Like, Lord, you want me to go do what? You want me to say what? You know, even being on this radio back in the day.
2: Oh, man, Lord. When when, uh, I wasn't saved when you got that dream. That's right. And um, it, there was more to it. Finish mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the dream.
3: Yeah. And so he took me to this, this blonde guy. Yeah. Evidently, that's you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you had been bitten. And uh, I said.
2: I was young and blonde. And then. cute. Yeah. <laughs> really, really,
3: really cute. And so, um, but he had me squeeze the, the stuff out of your, your heel. And at first it was kind of like pus, you know. And then he said, keep squeezing. And then it was honey that came out of your heel. But you had been bitten. I just really didn't understand that part other than, um, I don't know. I don't know the explanation of that part.
2: Well, but the the junk that that was you were praying for me to get saved.
3: Yes, I was. And
2: the junk that was coming out was my filth, the sin. And then it got to a point where... Um, the honey was coming out, and you looked up, and I was older.
3: Yes, you were older then.
2: Probably not blonde anymore.
3: (laughs) You were still blonde (laughs) (laughs) and still cute. You weren't like 150 uh, years old or something.
2: But see, that was not comfortable Christianity for you. Things were very, very difficult. Um, Now we can look at that picture and and understand that Jesus still has us. We're we're surrounded by snakes in the desert, Mm. uh, and things are going to get really, really hard. But, um, you know, when I keep saying just be with Jesus, uh, it's the only safe place to be. And we, we've got to accept our responsibility as believers to to answer the call. It's not about being comfortable. It's not about earning a living or, or being successful or watching your kids grow and graduate with honors and be married. It is, life isn't about that. Life right now from this point forward. It's about winning people to Jesus Christ. Now in the process of that, there's gonna be wonderful times and, and we're gonna see our kids grow, but but only until Jesus comes. Yeah. Only until Jesus comes. Well, we've only got five minutes and Jimmy's been holding on a oh. line. So let's go to line one and talk with Jimmy from San Antonio. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
4: Oh, um oh, you know what? Um when Martha saw me, she just Melt it because I was so good looking. I'm just playing. Jimmy, playing you with crack that.
2: you crack you up, huh?
4: <laughs> no. Hey, you know what? I, I just want the scripture. This is Jesus talking, and I believe really, because I read the scripture before this, and I heard it uh, today. I heard a pastor preaching it on KSLR. He says, "John 8:44." you belong to your father, the devil. You want to call out your your father's desires. He was, I don't know what I wrote here. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to, to the truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language where he is a liar and a, a father of lies. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, God showed me that scripture today, and I was like, "Wow!" And, and I don't know why. He, I think because He's trying to warn me, warn me about something. But what's going on? You know, you
2: know, he, he, he was warning his crowd. Uh, the, the the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, uh, you know, were were blaspheming him. And and he just was saying, look, these guys are liars. That's what he was saying. Their father is the devil, and of course they would always look at Jesus and say, oh, we know who our father is. Abraham is our father. And the implication, Jimmy, is is Jesus didn't know who his father was. You know, he was thought to be the son of a Roman soldier, and so they would look down their nose at him like he was some illegitimate child. And uh, that's why Jesus uh, said, look, uh, these guys are lying to you. If their mouth is moving, they're lying. And that's just the way it is. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it very, very much. If the Lord's given you. you a message in that passage of Scripture, uh, you just kind of meditate on it, and He'll let you know uh, what it is He wants you to to get from it. God bless you, I'll Jimmy. Well. I'm sure you, I'm I'm sure you were cute when you were when yep. Martha first oh, saw yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, but, what do you yeah. say? Totally, yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> <laughs> took took her breath away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Paula, we got two minutes.
3: Uh, you're a nut, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, um, man, it was so easy to be a, a Christian when, you know, we had a lot of money. That's why when the Lord was telling me, pray for him to get saved, but I'm going to have to take everything away from him. And I was thinking, oh, man, no, maybe he don't need to get saved that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I could do whatever I wanted. I had, we had so much money that I would stash money. In places I could buy what I want, do what I wanted to do, and you know, and then the Lord says, um, No, it's going to be, it's going to get rough for you. But you know what? The, the, the most wonderful thing that happened to me was knowing Jesus was there in the difficult times. I mean, going from the glazed Italian tile and the big California shutters, white carpeting with two boys and a dog um just whatever i wanted when i ever i would have a flat tire you would send somebody from the dealership with another car to me they would stay there in the hot summer sun in phoenix arizona and change the hot the tire in the heat and i just got to go home that was the best kind of christianity
2: <laughs> yeah but the lord yeah. took it all away yeah. Five, two, yeah, the problem was not real. Next half, we can we can lead to that. Yes. Hey, this is the daily edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. Three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free 630 zero K S L R. This is the Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes.
1: back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
2: Welcome back to the second half of the Date Day Show, 340-9585. Let's go to a caller who's been holding from Boverti, Greg on line one. Greg, thanks for holding. You're on the air.
5: Yeah, Pastor Ron and Paula, good to good to hear from you guys. Um, let, uh, I wanted to kind of bring this up since both y'all are, are on, and Paula has spoken about her dealing with fear, and you know, I think mm-hmm. that's something we all deal with to some degree from time to time. Um, but in light of current events that we've been dealing with here lately, um, and I just kind of want to get y'all's feedback on – on. you may have already spoke about it. I didn't catch the first 15 minutes or so of the show uh, – if you would keep me on in case I have something I may need you to maybe clarify, make sure I understand you right. Okay. Um, I guess my concern is with what's going on is I think too many Christians can get the apathetic attitude that, well, what's the use? God's just going to, have to take care of it all, which I believe ultimately he will, but he will also let us stew in whatever mess we make as well. And if we don't become more active as believers and Christians and what our values are in our political system, in our, in our structure, what happened in Georgia, what happened in Pennsylvania, you know, don't be mistaken. All that can happen in Texas and don't be so passive to think that, uh, you know, it wouldn't happen. We have to get more involved in just, just simply voting if possible. So I do believe God's totally in control. He could have straightened this mess out, but obviously he chose not to. And at the same time, I believe, you know, as the scripture says that those who bless Israel, God will bless, uh, president Trump did definitely bless Israel and was a friend to Israel. And I believe he will be blessed for that as well. So I guess in light of all this mess that's going on, I guess, again, what is, what is y'all's take on it? Where do you see, you know, us at this point and, and, I, I think it's going to get tough the next four years, and I think our even our um, uh, our religious values are going to become under attack. Um, so, give me what what do you think is what we're headed towards?
2: Yeah, Greg, I, I uh, I'm uh, unashamedly um, have already declared, and I I am not a prophet, so I don't want anybody to. To to misunderstand what I'm saying, but I believe that the government is coming after the tax exemption that churches currently enjoy. I think that what I do as a pastor, teaching the Bible, um, much of it is going to be considered hate speech. Um, I think we're going to have local um, governments uh, clamp down on churches in terms of of permitting occupancy space, things like that. So I agree completely. That things are going to get really, really difficult. But I want you to consider this, Greg. Um, we have a tendency to think that God is only concerned with righteousness. I'm uh, currently my my personal reading is through the Minor Prophets, and uh, I was reading Haggai and the first uh, three chapters of Zechariah today, and um, um, it, it, it's it's not always true that God is only interested in righteousness. He's interested in justice. And I believe, I see the hand of God in what's going on in our country politically. And this is just one small place in the world. The whole world is dealing with stuff. And God's view is certainly a lot bigger than the United States of America. We Americans have a tendency to believe that the sun kind of rises and sets on the USA and everything else is just collateral um but um uh, we deserve what we have uh we have for twenty years been in a free fall morally we have rejected God, we have murdered sixty five million babies and and with all of my heart and i'm not suggesting that as Christians, we shouldn't be politically active uh we we need to be voters, I think. A lot of Christians need to run for political offices locally. I think at the local level that's really important. But I think that we're fighting a losing battle here because we're seeing the deterioration of the world that we live in to such a degree that it is truly anti-Christ. And I think we need this paradigm shift in our focus instead of looking to Washington or instead of looking to local government, instead of putting our our hopes in... um. um a person that shares our worldview. Uh, I don't think God is interested in the worldview right now. I think what God is interested in is, is saving sinners hearts individually. And I think that's the paradigm shift that we need to, to focus on. We need to tell people about Jesus before you uh, ask anything else. Greg, I also want to want to comment on your, um, your your statement about Trump, Trump blessed Israel and you're going to believe God is going to, going to bless Trump. Um, Donald Trump um, was favorable to Israel for sure. Um, only he knows what his motives are. But he was no fan of, of God and in, in God's plan for Israel. That's for sure as well. Because he was trying to give away. He was trying to negotiate away Israeli land, a two-state solution. And God would never let that pass. God gave that land to Israel. And while it sounded good and he was trying to make peace with those Arab countries around him, we know all we have to do is read our Bibles. There's never going to be peace in that part of the world, let alone the rest of the world, until the Prince of Peace comes. And so I think he was sort of running on a treadmill and saying the right things and, 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 and incurring the favor of his base. But uh, there was nothing, and I, I don't want to be misunderstood here, Greg, there was nothing righteous about Donald Trump. And in fact, while Donald Trump had the opportunity to become one of the great presidents in my lifetime, if not the greatest, uh, policies, uh, taking a business-like approach to things, um, um, he blew it. He couldn't control his ego. He couldn't control um, his behavior. Uh, He certainly never behaved in a manner that brought God glory. And um, I, I just think that's one more example of a buffoon that we had uh, in a political office, uh, I think about the potential of a man like Samson or a, a man like King Saul who started so well. And by the end of King Saul's life, he was condemned to an eternity in hell. So I think, Greg, we need to refocus rather than making our life politically more comfortable here um, or or more righteous in terms of policies that favor Christian worldview. I think our focus needs to be shifted 100% on saving people's lives. I think we're in the last days. And when I say the last days, I mean at any moment the Lord, I think, is going to come. Does that make sense, Greg, or do you want to, want to add anything to that?
5: Yeah, I, and I, I agree with most of what you're saying. I don't agree with everything you're saying about, about Trump, but that's, that's for another discussion. But I do, you know, we are to be the light and salt and he said, "Commands us to occupy until he comes." You know that means we got to be involved. And I just want to encourage anybody who's whatever who's ever listening that this this will be, I guess, a voice to say, "Hey, you know, let's uh, let's do our part." That's all we can do is our part, and, and the rest is up to God. But we can't just sit on our hands and and thank God's going to just take care of everything. We have to do our part, and He gives us a part to play.
2: Yeah, but, but nothing I said suggests that we're going to sit on our hands. We're out to tell people about Jesus. That's the way we're to be salt and light. And if we take well, the context it, uh, of Jesus', if we take the context, Greg, of what Jesus said to his disciples, and he was speaking to them, not to us, he was speaking to them. Now there's application for us and principle for us. But what he was telling them is go out into this dark world. Remember, it was a world that narrow ruled and reigned in. You go out into this dark world and you be light. And the only way we can be light is with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And political activism, no matter how hard we try to find it in the pages of the gospels, it's simply not there. And our job, um, if if we got a performance review on our job in, in changing the political landscape uh, we would all get a, a huge F. Mm-hmm. So Greg, maybe you can call back another time. We will, if you have questions about Donald Trump, we'll talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. Now, and you Paul, know,
3: what know? I'm um, getting back to uh, the original statement of this whole thing was um, for just such a time as this. And what Mordecai or Mordecai said to Esther was to go to the king and ask for favor. Where our king is God Himself, and so we can pray Psalms two ten. 12 Where it says, Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth, serve the Lord. Again, Pastor Ron saying, Jesus loves everybody. He loves those who are in office, even the ones we don't like or agree with. We need to tell or pray, serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son, or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities for his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. And the, uh, the next thing that I was going to say is, the, in my scribble notes is, the Lord says we are to be set apart, not set among, but set apart, um, that we might be active in being the light of Christ and sharing our faith. Um, you know, being politically active i don't know it's kind of like being a an actor in in Hollywood. you hang around with the wrong people and bad company corrupts good morals and that's what normally takes place
2: yeah paul I think it's it's a little more than that. we got another caller, so I'll go to that in just a moment but but it's it's we're putting our hopes in a system instead of putting our hopes in Christ yeah. And you and I have talked about this personally. We've got a whole bunch of churches that are really politically active. they got nowhere to go today. Yeah. They've they got nothing to tell. They have no hope, no nothing of value to tell their people unless they go back, stop talking about politics, start talking about the gospel, and get us active out in the streets sharing the, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that is the only context that being salt and light has. Mm-hmm. And occupying till we come has nothing to do with with uh, being politically active or voting for the right things or protesting um, or, or anything else, uh, occupying till it's come mean do the will of God. Yeah. What is the will of God for your life? And we've got to do that. And and just far too many Christians, and this is the reason the church is in the mess it's in now. Far too many of us have communicated to our flocks that our hope is not in Christ. Our hope is in a Republican uh, administration or Donald Trump, um, um, and, and look where that's gotten us. We've got to be about our father's business. Jesus knew that when he was 12.
3: When he was 12.
2: Yeah. We've got to be about our father's yeah. business now. Yeah. And frankly, our father's business, he's the one that handed this government to us. Now, that doesn't suggest that he is the one who elevated Joe Biden mm-hmm. or Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
2: I think we get the Leadership that we deserve, and I think God is simply saying, based on His track record, that's what He did with Israel. Yeah. You know, when Hagee, I said, "How could you use people more wicked than we are to inflict mm-hmm. judgment?" And God mm-hmm. says, "I got a plan." Yeah, and yeah. Hagee saw the plan and he knew. Yeah. But but uh, right now, this is what we deserve, and it's time for the church to, to to rise up and grow up. And that does not mean to transform the country or the culture; it is to transform human hearts. Yeah and uh, hopefully the Holy Spirit will come along and we'll get enough of those human hearts, Paula, that, uh, that Jesus will do all the transforming. Yeah. So let's go to Converse and talk with Ron online too. Ron, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Well,
6: Pastor Ron, it's good hearing you. And thanks. Thank you for for going about our father's business and, and making uh, sense, thanks, sense Ron. to a lot of us. Yes, sir. You're welcome. Um, the earlier portion of your show just pretty much exemplified or, or or brought into focus what I was thinking about in relation to Genesis. You know, those who bless Israel will be blessed; mm-hmm. those who curse will be cursed. And of course, this country obviously now is going to take its hand off its hand off the shoulders of Israel. You pretty much explained what's going to happen there, and I think that's inevitable. It's probably it's it, it, it's going to have to come to pass. But as far as the Catholic Church's are concerned, how do you feel? I've heard that God loves all good Catholics. I know He does. I know God loves all His people, and He wants him to come to them. But if a person dies, believing and praying to, to statues, to apostles, to um, uh, to uh, there was the noble woman the, the, who was given the, the most beautiful task or or, or, or uh, um, I, I can't think of the word when Mary was given the word that she would give birth to Jesus Christ. That that was amazing, mm-hmm. but the Bible clearly says that we are not to. You know, there, there's only one name that um, under heaven which okay. will we will be the name of Jesus Christ. Now, those who who die in, in holding the the, the rosary, pr- praying to the rosary, acknowledge the rosary and and all of the saints and the statues in the Catholic Church um, are they going to be like Gandhi? They they had Jesus. Well, even Gandhi didn't have Jesus Christ, but he was one of the kindest, gentlest men. But he didn't die accepting Jesus Christ. Now, when these Catholics die, they've accepted Christ, but they've accepted others into their life as well, and prayed to others, and and and, and set them up as, as as idols. Do you think that these? Individuals, despite their their good natures, and of course, we know we're not going to be saved by our goodness. So are they going to be separated from Christ? I mean, what would yeah. what is your perspective on it,
2: Ron? This is a subject that that breaks my heart because when when Catholics yeah. are so close, they've got the right Father, they've got the right Son, they've got the right Holy Spirit, but they don't know them. Yeah. And and here's the the short answer to your your question is that everybody who is not born again is going to be separated from Christ for eternity. Everyone. And and again, that's one of the reasons we have to be more active in these last hours. We've got to be more active in sharing Jesus, religion. Read Isaiah chapter 1 if you want to know how God feels about religion. If, if God condemned Jews to whom he gave the covenant, and the covenant was to national Israel, not to individual Jews, But there were a lot of Jews who thought they were serving God uh, righteously. It turned out to be self-righteously. But but apart from them being born again, I mentioned King Saul uh, in in the last caller. King Saul started so well, but he separated from God for eternity. And unfortunately, there's a whole bunch of people in the Catholic Church who are hoping for salvation through the church or through the prayers of the saints or through the prayers of Mary and information uh doesn't save anybody. You mentioned uh, Gandhi. Uh, uh, we might mention Mother Teresa or, or others. Um, kindness and being good or doing good is not the standard for heaven. The standard for heaven is perfection, and that comes only one way, Ron, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself said to the most religious men in Israel, except a man be born again. He will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he saw the surprise on, on uh, Nicodemus's face, and he repeated himself, You of all people shouldn't be surprised when I say, Except a man be born again, he will not inherit the kingdom of God. So uh, a, a profession of faith with the lips means nothing if it's not accompanied by a heart that's been transformed by Jesus Christ. And Ron, religion is the single thing that's keeping more people away from a relationship with Jesus Christ than any other thing that, that you and I can imagine. So uh, I, I, it's, it's a tragedy. Uh, people get angry at me when I say praying to Mary is sin or praying to the saints is sin. Um, but you know what? i got to tell the truth. That's what the Word of God says. And that should, I hope, motivate all of us to pray all the more fervently for people who are really, really close. Remember the, the the teacher of the law who came up to Jesus and uh, Jesus said, you know, you're close. But close isn't good enough. So we, we've got to get people over the line and the only way you can do that is with a clear message that you must be born again. Ron, thank you yeah, for the yeah. Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it very much. And I hope everybody's praying for Catholics. They're, they're born-again Catholics. Oh yeah. God has a remnant everywhere. Yeah. The 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 sad thing, Paul, is that it's a remnant, which by definition is small. Mm-hmm. It's much harder to be born again in a church organization that doesn't teach you you have to be. Yeah. A church organization that teaches you to pray to saints and teaches you that... Uh, they're the purveyor of salvation rather than the man Jesus Christ. Yeah. And they got all the knowledge and they can go through all the motions, but they're the ones who are lost.
3: Yeah. It's sad. Yep. And and Ron, I pray that you didn't just lose somebody who was hanging on to their rosary and, and now, you know, that's just breaking. That's heartbreaking.
2: You know, <laughs> uh, again, I don't know, I don't trust the numbers, but ostensibly. 400,000 people are dead with COVID. A whole bunch of them um, were counting on their religion <sighs> to get them to heaven. And and while the overwhelming majority of those people didn't die from COVID, they died with COVID. Yeah. Um, um, once they're dead, it's too late. It's appointed in the man once to die and then face the judgment, Hebrews 9.27. So we got to get busy as Christians. We've got to stop worrying about uh, who's in the White House. We gotta. We, we're gonna have a time. We're gonna have to take a stand, Paula, for Jesus Christ. That could cause some of us to end up in jail. Now, I don't want to go to jail. Anna, I know. I want to come home to you every night. Me too. But um, you pray for me. I'll pray for you. I wanna. I. I, I cannot let my Lord down.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jesus, help us. Well, that makes
2: what you want to talk about in the second half of this program even more important, (laughs) even though we don't have. My heart is breaking
3: now for Ron, so I forgot what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, Ron, that's horrible. Um, Well, yeah, being a a, 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 oh wow, this this time went fast, huh? Yeah, being a rich Christian to being a poor one, and we went from the, the the big house on the hill and you know the maids and all that kind of stuff to being in a garage with fleas and ticks and stuff. But I was never angry at God. That was so huge for me.
2: Were you angry at me?
3: Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and rightly so. I'm just kidding. Yeah.
3: I was a little bit... Uh, I was more disappointed um, than anything. But um, Romans 8.28, all things... All things are working together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. And hindsight is is great because um, at that time, of course, I really didn't understand that scripture. Probably wasn't reading it because, you know, but um, looking back, you can see the hand of God in the, the lessons that were learned. Jesus really is enough and he will supply all the needs Needs according to his riches in glory. When I was counting on the riches that you made through your work, and then I was angry with you because you lost all your riches because <laughs> <laughs> your your riches were your God, and that's what God had to tell me. It's that, your
2: fault because you told God to take it all away.
3: Well, no, I didn't tell him. I said, whatever you need to do <laughs> to get him saved. You're,
2: you're mad at me that it took that. Yes,
3: yeah, yeah. but no, I'm I'm thrilled yeah. with the Lord because. Um, he was able to prove thus far that my faith is genuine. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just praying that, you know, as things get harder, that I will stay closer to the Lord and he will continue to keep me from getting bit by Mm -hmm. the the snakes that come along. Save
2: your notes on on the wrestling with God, which was where you were going for the second half of the program because of the calls. And, And let me just say to Greg and to Ron and to others... Um, You know, these are incendiary topics. We all have very strong uh, opinions about these things. But it's also true that our opinions don't matter. And um, so often when we're politically active, we're like Jacob, who Jesus is wrestling to hold on to him, and Jacob is wrestling to get away from him, and we're like him because we want to do things our way. And it wasn't until the end when when Jesus touched Jacob with the power of heaven and gave him a, a limp for the rest of his life, that's when Jacob realized, why am I trying to get away from this kind of power? And that's when he started to, to hold on for dear life. Mm-hmm. And I think, to Greg especially, that's what we've all got to do. We've got to hold on to Jesus now because uh, political activism isn't going to get us anywhere. Yeah. It hasn't. Uh, if this election cycle didn't tell you Anything I am completely convinced, as you mentioned, Greg, that that the election was fraudulent. Um, uh, there was no way the Democrats were going to lose. Uh, I think it was a setup, um, and that's the value of all of our political activism. We need to wrestle with Jesus yeah. and and decide that we're not going to let go mm-hmm. until He blesses us. Mm-hmm. And and I think too many of us, as Christians, we're still hoping for solutions, Paula, from other places, from other sources. And there's just one source, and it's Jesus. That's
3: right. In your favorite scripture, Philemon, says, I pray that you will be active in sharing your faith so that you will know every good thing that we have in Christ. And I think we've forgotten to do that because now we've forgotten every good thing that we have in Christ because we've Mm -hmm. been so... Off
2: focus. Yeah, you know, it's not just knowing. I like the NIV translations just so that you'll have a full understanding. Full
3: understanding. Or
2: a complete understanding of everything mm-hmm. good, th- good like thing that we have in Christ. I like that better too. The, 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 the man or the woman that's politically active in putting our hopes in a systemic change somewhere in the government that, that hates God mm-hmm. um, doesn't really get it. They yeah. don't have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ.
3: Speaking about hating God, when I went to the bank yesterday, you know, we got the little extra check from the government. Anybody who's really honest and couldn't stand Trump, shouldn't cast a check. <laughs>
2: hey, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. It took a different direction than we planned, Paula, but that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. Lord willing, I'll see you then.